Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life's too short for any of us to live enslaved. I'm Ava Pennington, and at Faith Over Fear, we're passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and live in freedom. I'd love to connect with you online or on social media. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Today, we're continuing our series of episodes on God's promises. As we examine the promises God gave us in the Bible, and how each one is a precious gift to his children. And our topic for today is God's promise of wholeness by healing our wounded places. So what does wholeness look like? Is it a perfect condition unmarred by wounds and pain? Does wholeness mean taking something that's broken and gluing it back together so you can't even see the cracks? Maybe it's the opposite of brokenness. Or maybe, just maybe, wholeness means something else. everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You know, I'm one of those people who loves all things related to Christmas. I've been collecting ornaments and decorations for years, including ornaments commemorating milestones, especially wedding anniversaries. And since my husband died four years ago, it's taking me longer to decorate each Christmas season because I stop to dwell on the memories evoked each time I unpack another ornament. One year, I dropped our 10th anniversary glass ornament, and as it hit the unforgiving tile floor, the glass shattered into fragments, and I felt as if my heart shattered along with it. Although I tried my best to glue the ornament back together, I finally had to give up and discard it. That's what we do with broken things, don't we? We might attempt a repair, but if that doesn't work, we discard it and purchase a replacement. Sometimes we do that with people, and maybe that's been done to you at some point in your life. You've been cast aside by someone who didn't want to bother dealing with your brokenness. So they moved on without so much as a backward glance. As painful as that is, an even sadder result of that experience is that we begin to wonder if God deals with us the same way. Does he cast us aside to work with less flawed, more talented Christians who can accomplish greater things for his kingdom? 
You see, that's exactly what the enemy wants us to believe. But that's not what God says. God promises to heal our wounded places and make us whole. He's promised us that he does not cast us aside, does not cast aside those who are broken and wounded. And when I've been emotionally bruised and battered by the world, I need those reminders. I need those promises. So, for example, in Psalm 34, 18, God said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Or in Psalm 147, 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And, you know, God's promise to come close and heal wounded places in our life is fulfilled in what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount found in Matthew 5, 3 to 4, when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus is not telling us to run from our woundedness and our brokenness. He's saying to lean into his restoration as he heals us and makes us whole. But in order to do this, we need a radical shift in our perspective. And before we explore how God heals and makes us whole, it's helpful to examine what God means when he talks about healing in the Bible. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word for healing is rafi. The Hebrew word study dictionary tells us it means to heal or make fresh or to restore to health. When God spoke of healing his people, the nation of ancient Israel, the prophet Hosea wrote, he will heal us. He will bind up our wounds. And you know, that same Hebrew word is used in 1 Kings 18.30 to describe repairs to an altar. So as we think about healing, restoration, and repair, let's go back to those two verses from Psalms. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And Psalm 147, 3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. You know, the first way God heals our wounded places is through salvation from our slavery to sin. Sin not only broke humanity's relationship with our creator God, it's a continuing obstacle to intimacy with God. And the penalty of sin is eternal separation from God. There are no deeper wounds than this one. God met our deepest need and healed our deepest wound through Jesus Christ. Jesus brings healing and wholeness to all who receive the salvation he offers. But even as Christians, we can still experience deep woundedness. Wounds from the consequences of our past sin or broken relationships, or wounds inflicted on us by other people, even wounds we inflict on ourselves by our own insecurities and negative self-talk. And how often do we hesitate to bring those wounds to God, despite his promises to heal, repair, and restore? Think about it. God knows everything. So do we really think he doesn't know about our deepest wounds? He tells us in the Bible that people look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He already knows the depths of our hurts and the scars where our emotions have been torn to shreds. And he's ready to heal and repair and restore wholeness from our brokenness. So here's where I have to stop for a moment. I'm not proud of the fact that while I know God heals us and makes us whole, this is where I can hit a wall. Because how God makes us whole doesn't always fit my idea of how he should heal my wounds. The challenge for me comes in how God makes us whole. 
You see, I want him to wave a magic wand, remove my wounds so that no one would ever know they ever existed. Poof, they're gone without a trace. But that's not always how God works. I'm a cracked vessel in so many ways. Normally, cracked pots are discarded as useless, trashed as garbage. I mean, what good is a cracked water jug that leaks or a cracked vase? Of course, being me, I tried to fix myself. I patch up my cracks as best as I could. I hid my pride, covered my anger, disguised my resentment. But no matter how hard I tried, it didn't work. You know, methods of patching cracks have been practiced for thousands of years, as many centuries as people have been using clay jars and jugs. Some are more effective than others. But one method in particular was especially innovative. In the 15th century, the Japanese practiced the art of kintsugi, where they mixed gold dust with resin to repair cracks in jugs and jars. And instead of hiding the cracks, kintsugi celebrated the repair, pronouncing the cracks with gold so that they actually stood out, redeeming the pottery and increasing its value. And, you know, just thinking about this reminds me of the verse from the Bible in 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19, where Peter wrote, For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Did you catch that? Even gold cannot compare to the precious blood of Jesus Christ. When something is broken, it no longer functions as it should. And in our disposable culture, things that cannot be repaired end up in the trash. But that's not what God does with us. He does something even better. He takes broken people and instead of merely repairing us, he makes us brand new and more valuable than ever before after we become followers of Christ. We know from our own personal experience that even after being made new in Christ, we can still carry deep wounds, wounds that come from living in a broken world. And Jesus even warned us of this truth when he said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Our world and its inhabitants are broken, hurting, seeking something better, even if they don't know what that something better is. So Christians are no longer broken in the sense that we're discarded. By God's grace, we're now able to fulfill the purpose for which we were created and redeemed. But here's the rub. The only way we can move forward is to actually embrace our brokenness. Now, when I say brokenness, I don't mean it in the sense of self-pity or perspective of being victims of our circumstances and our wounds. I mean brokenness in the sense of a continuing posture of humility and dependence on the one who created and saves us. It's having an accurate view of ourselves in light of who God is. And that brings us back to Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. By embracing our wounds of spiritual poverty, which means we know we can't save ourselves. And by embracing our wounds of mourning, which means we mourn over our sin, and by recognizing we're totally dependent on the Lord for everything, 
yes, salvation, but also the grace to live each and every imperfect day. Well, then the result is that we receive the inheritance and comfort God has prepared for each of us so that we can live in a way that honors him even in and through our woundedness. And this happens when we step into our relationship with God through surrender. Now, I'll be the first to say surrender is not how I want God to heal my wounds. Yet the very concept of surrender means that I take my eyes off my own wounds and place my focus on him. And I confess it's easy for me to become consumed with my own pain. But what that does is essentially make an idol of my wounds where I become obsessed with them. And when I do that, it blocks my view of what God wants to do, what he is doing in my life. Instead, all I can think of is what I want him to do and when I want him to do it, which is usually now. I mean, right? I'm hurting. So God fix this now. But God calls you and me to trust his sovereignty, to trust his plans and purposes for us. And especially important to trust his timing in healing our woundedness. And in that very counterintuitive process, working against all our natural inclinations, we are healed. And we can trust him to provide the healing we need because he's compassionate. When God described himself to Moses in Exodus 34, 6, he described himself as compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. But not only has God always been compassionate, The prophet Jeremiah described God's compassions as never failing and new every morning. Fresh compassion for our freshest wounds. God's compassion will always respond to our pain. Oh, how I need to remember that. Yeah, sometimes he'll remove the pain. Other times, though, he'll equip us to walk through it as he walks with us. And in those times, we have an opportunity to use even our wound to proclaim God's grace and glory to a watching world. We're healed as we experience God's peace, a peace that passes all human understanding. And he also gives us hope because we have the assurance that regardless of what happens now, God has prepared an eternity of wholeness in his presence. And finally, he gives us patience in the form of endurance, in the face of difficulty, total dependence on the Holy Spirit of God, trusting his leading, obeying his word. The result is not just a repair of my broken self. The result is that I become brand new and more valuable than the world ever viewed me before. This is what God does for his broken, wounded people. He redeems and increases the value of each and every person who relies on him. In our brokenness, the cracks are still visible, but now they are made beautiful by his touch. And I'm so grateful that embracing our brokenness allows God's grace to work in and through us for his glory. What about you? Are you feeling broken, destined for the trash heap? In the Gospel of Mark in the Bible, Mark wrote about a woman who broke open an alabaster container of costly perfume to honor Jesus. Worship flowed from her broken sacrifice. Will you and I offer our brokenness to Jesus? Will we release our woundedness to him, trusting the healing he'll bring in his perfect timing? 
Maybe you know you're a child of God through faith in Christ, but you're living with a wound that causes you immeasurable pain because of life's circumstances. Have you been trying to hide the scars instead of allowing God to be glorified by them? Are you allowing the world to determine your value as you live with your pain? Or are you surrendering to the one who gives you value beyond measure? What will you choose? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for being our compassionate, faithful promise keeper. You promised to heal our woundedness. Forgive us for the times we fail to see the work you're doing in and through us. Just because it may not be the way we want you to act. Thank you that even in the midst of our pain, you are always at work for our ultimate good and your eternal glory. And most of all, thank you for Jesus, whose wounds paid for our healing. In his name, amen. Well, thank you for listening. I hope this episode has deepened your understanding of God and helped you rest more fully in his grace. And if you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. And please share it on social media. And we'd be very encouraged if you would rate it as well. That helps others find it too. So until next time, may you live with the courage of one who has truly been set free. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. Hello, I'm Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we are the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. What we believe is that addiction is not a surprise to God. That's right. We discuss addiction from a biblical worldview and how true freedom comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolute freedom from addiction. The secular worldview of once an addict, always an addict is just not true. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, subscribe to Life After Addiction at lifeaudio.com.